Good evening, everyone. My friends, we, as you know, we've been celebrating Christmas, and we've been in Christmas tide, and um, we end our Christmas season this weekend, and uh, uh, we have been celebrating uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the good news, and uh, the good news is uh, that uh, God was not just simply out in space somewhere for us, and through the person of his beloved son, Jesus of Nazareth, he has come very close to us. He has become a part of our human family and has entered into our world in a unique way, unlike any time in the past. Friends, our Roman Catholic doctrine tells us that Jesus, that what Jesus did during his time on earth, he continues to do among us through the sacraments until the end of time. Pope Pius XII expressed it very nicely when he wrote in his encyclical on the sacred liturgy, Mediat or Dei. In the church, Christ continues that journey of immense mercy, which he lovingly began in his mortal life. And Pius went on to say, going about doing good with the design of bringing people to know his mysteries and to live by them. Leo the Great, Pope Saint, insisted that, uh, these are his words, that we are more blessed than the people with whom Jesus lived, meaning referring to Jesus of Nazareth who walked on the earth. He pointed out that Christ is more present to us now through the sacraments than he was to the people of his day through his humanity. How would we understand what the saints said? So Jesus graced the wedding at Cana. Remember, he was there with his mom. But in the bond of uniting every couple who are joined in the sacrament of matrimony in the church, he's able to reach out to all of them. Remember, in the wedding in Cana, he was right there in Cana, just with them. But now through the sacrament of matrimony, every couple, he unites himself too. He reached out and touched the sick of his day to cure them, but only a few persons so benefited as we look at the scriptures. Today, he comes with his healing grace in the sacrament of anointing to all who are ill and who respond in faith to this sacrament of compassion administered by his bishops and priests of the church. Jesus forgave the sins of the paralytic when his friends placed the young man on a pallet and dropped him through the ceiling down to him, and he forgave the sins of the woman caught in adultery. But now in the sacrament of reconciliation, we are all invited to lay our sins before him so that he may lift the burden from us so that we may walk in holiness. Jesus fed more than 5,000 people with five barley loaves and a couple fish. But in the sacrament of the Eucharist, far more than 20 centuries now, he has nourished untold numbers with his body and with his blood. People think that they don't need the church. They are wrong. 
Others object to the doctrines of the sacraments of our church. This feast of the Lord's baptism, his own, tells us something quite different. It declares that God's ways have been taken into the human way. How do I mean? To act among us in the church through visible, tangible signs and audible words as he acted through the humanity of Jesus in Jerusalem and throughout of Judea and Galilee, as the readings tell us. My friends, for us, the human nature of the Son of God has been extended through the elements of the sacraments of the church. I gave him my homily when I said, heaven came down to earth, and Mary, the mother, no longer looked this, but looked this way down into the eyes of her son. She looked into heaven. And Christmas teaches us to look down into the crib to see God. And our Catholic teaching and doctrine on the sacraments make us realize there is no need to look into outer space, as we would call it, to search for God, because he is here, not out there, here with us. We are to look right here within our world, within his church and the sacraments that Christ has instituted and given us. Regarding this feast of the baptism of the Lord that we celebrate this weekend here on the West Coast and why it happened and why we celebrate it, Jesus did not need a baptism of repentance for he was without sin, as the scriptures tell us, but also as we find from John in the other two Gospels, John says, how is it that you come to me for baptism? And for those who study scriptures, these words should have the strange echo to them because Mary goes to John's mother. And what does Elizabeth say? How is it that the mother of God she says, the mother of my Lord comes to me. And here we hear the son. Her son says, how is it that I baptize you who are the Lamb of God? And Jesus says in the other gospel, let it be for now. <laughs> I started laughing when I read it. Let it be for now, John. Get yourself all worked up. God has many things that he has planned. John the baptizer was quite surprised when Jesus presented himself at the River Jordan. So then how are we to understand this baptism? It certainly could be a sign of solidarity with his fellow Jews, which would then encourage the, that repentance within them. It could be understood as a stamp of approval of John the baptizer and of religious rituals. In any event, Jesus' baptism was not a baptism as you and I understand it. What happens at that font? That's different. His baptism had nothing to do with personal sin or personal repentance. But it had everything to do with what I've been teaching you. Remember the word kairos? 
Remember, chronos is 555. Kairos is an event in time. So what happens to Jesus, his baptism is a kairos. And not just any type. This one is a theophany. A theophany means a manifestation of God. We celebrated the epiphany. This, what we celebrate, what we read about today, is called a theophany. The theophany is a particular manifestation of God. And, not, and that's for the Christian world. But in, uh, within the Christian world, within our rites, we understand theophany as a manifestation of God completely, Father, Son, and Spirit. You see, Jesus in the water, the Holy Spirit coming down, and the Father talking, a theophany. Kaboom! <laughs> My friends, this kairos, the people of Jesus' time felt that heaven was closed. Remember, for 400 years, there had been no prophet, and then John the baptizer comes. Study the scriptures, you will see. They felt that heaven had been locked for nearly 400 years. So this kairos becomes the very beginning of Jesus' public life and ministry. And the word torn open in Mark's gospel, the heavens were torn open. That means heaven was unlocked finally after 400 years. And God speaks again and acknowledges Jesus before the whole world as the bearer of his divine favor. In his ministry, Jesus comes as one who serves. Mark chapter 10, Matthew chapter 20, Luke chapter 22. Jesus says, I am in your midst as one who serves. So this Kairos event is also the inauguration of the service that Jesus, or ministry is another way of understanding it, of ministry. The Father who claims Jesus of Nazareth as his only beloved one longs to share his life with you. This has been about you. Jesus is the only one that could repair this. So his coming, the whole kairos, the whole thing, heaven's being opened, God coming down in a unique way, his son repairing the damage that has been done. What damage? Our relationship with God. The father wants to share the same status of his son with each one of us. The baptism of John prepared God's people for the Messiah and to be receptive to the Messiah's presence, Jesus. The baptism of Jesus, a theophany, a kairos, awakens our hope to the glory that is to be revealed. The sacrament of baptism imparts to us the very divine life of God. 
so that you will live in eternity. So that you will live in eternity. Does that make sense? Do we understand? Some people get confused by the baptism. The church, even in its early days, was embarrassed by it. Yeah. Study the theologian of the time. Well, this is an embarrassment. How is Jesus? So we benefit from probably a hundred years of them fighting with each other how to understand this. There's no embarrassment. We've come to understand what these different events mean. Marins, as I put forth in my homily, one of the things put forth was that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan to be in solidarity with the people, to show them. So let us in turn then be in solidarity with him through our baptism by following his ways, following his commands, walking in holiness, giving the Father glory as he did also. Let us be in solidarity with him. Let us not fight with him <laughs> and struggle that way with him. My friends, and the truth of the matter is, God is everywhere. Absolutely. He's in all places and all times. But he does not manifest himself equally everywhere. He chooses to manifest. We see that with the star. We see that with the baptism. We see that with, uh, with the transfiguration. In the same way, we must always approach this altar with that respect knowing that he manifests in a unique and certain way for you that is different from any other ways. Let us always remember that and always approach this with great respect and honor. Amen?